So we're going to read Titus chapter 3. Titus 3. Remind them to submit to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to slander no one, to avoid fighting and to be kind, always showing gentleness to all people. For we too were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved by various passions and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, detesting one another. But when the kindness of God our Saviour and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us, not by works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy, through the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. He poured out his spirit on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Lord. Sorry, through Jesus Christ our Saviour, so that having been justified by his grace, we may become heirs with the hope of eternal life. This saying is trustworthy. I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed God might be careful to devote themselves to good works. These are good and profitable for everyone. But avoid foolish debates, genealogies, quarrels and disputes about the law because they are unprofitable and worthless. Reject a divisive person after a first and a second warning. For you know that such a person has gone astray and is sinning. He is self-condemned. When I send Artemis or Tychius to you, make every effort to come to me in Nicopolis because I've decided to spend the winter there. Diligently help Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos on their journey so that they will lack nothing. Let our people learn to devote themselves to good works for pressing needs so that they will not be unfruitful. All those who are with me send you greetings. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with all of you. Ian for reading for us and uh, we're as mentioned earlier in our final week of looking at uh, Titus chapter 3 and we're looking at Titus chapter 3 pardon me this is working now and uh, Titus has been left on the island of Crete uh, I wouldn't I was thought well I ask you do you remember what Crete was described as what the people were described as were they good were they yeah, what they were that but I thought I better not do that I'll put too much on, on too many of us on the spot but they were evil brutes lazy gluttons and they were always liars and that was by their own description that's what they were like so Paul, uh, Paul left Titus in Crete to to, a, to the church had been started but Paul left Titus there to get leadership settled within the church, to get truth established among the people and the church and the family and even some work situations, slaves uh, were addressed as well, getting all of them ordered and getting the gospel clear, the good news about Jesus clear and finally getting the living godly. 
and they'll need that because the society around them was anything but. And uh, last week we looked at uh, Titus chapter 2, getting the good news, the gospel clear, meant to uh, led to a godly living, the grace of God that appears, teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright lives, getting the living godly. And today the grace of God has appeared, he mentions it again, and it's going to help us to have living that's not godly, but living that is good. Good deeds flow from the grace that uh, has been shown to us. And that's exactly what the good news of Jesus does. It transforms us. That's actually the, the sort of theme for this whole series. You can see it down the bottom left-hand corner of the screen. It's a truth that transforms. The truth is for transformation. The learning that we have is for living, living it out. And I'm uh, flogging that from uh, Alastair Begg, who runs Truth for Life, where he says the learning is for living. And I think that's very helpful because that's what teaching does. That's what learning does. It's not just meant to increase our knowledge. The truth that we have in God's word is meant to change our lives. And so Titus is left here and the changing of life will be necessary. Now speaking of transformation and change, you probably see a lot of these pictures on TVs, ads and, and so on. In fact, while I was driving here this morning, I was listening to the radio and I was also praying. Uh, you probably wouldn't have... Yes, I do need to pray when I preach especially. Uh, but there were two ads on the radio for some product that were meant to transform how you look on the outside. Now you might be thinking, well, this is all just for the ladies. Now I've got a big confession to make. Uh, we were cleaning out my stepmother-in-law's house. She was going into assisted care some years ago now, and we were we had to throw a lot of things out, and 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 we kept a lot of things as well. And uh, guess what? I came across of she was 75 when she married my Sally's dad, and uh, I came across a jar of anti-aging cream anti-wrinkle cream and I thought look at this and uh, I've never had this before as you can probably tell and um, and I thought to myself well uh, what will I do with this I put it in my pocket and I took it home and guess what I thought you know I could use this I will start I started to use it I started to use this anti-aging anti-wrinkle cream and then I looked at the jar one day and realised it was five years out of date. <laughs> now, can anti-ageing cream ever go out of date? I ask you. I don't know. And then the next question is, what is its effects on your face if you do use out-of-date anti-ageing cream? And the evidence is quite clear. I'm only 28 and I look 60. No, I don't. I'm, I am 60. Anyway... We're not looking at outward transformation, we're looking at inward transformation. And today's focus is this living a life that is good. The gospel transforms us that we would live good lives, not just doing good for good work's sake, but doing God's work with God's love, with God's word, for God's glory. And with the hope and prayer that people around us will see the transformation in our lives that God has made that they will look at us individually and also as a church and they won't go, oh yeah, you're that really cranky guy on the corner that keeps telling me I'm doing the wrong thing. Or you're that church that doesn't accept the, this or that people. 
No, that they would look at us and that they would see that God has done a transformation work within us that is seen in the good deeds that we do as God's people. And good deeds and doing good is peppered all the way through this book of Titus. From chapter 1 verse 1, Paul's mission was to further the faith of God's elect and the knowledge of the truth. That's the knowledge of the truth that leads to... That leads to what? That leads to clever people that know their Bible? That leads to clever people that can quote Bible verses at their neighbours and go, you need to be doing that, you need to be doing that, you need to stop doing that? Did this truth that has been given lead to greater capacity in, in, in our heads? No, this truth that leads to godliness of life and a goodness of life as well. Titus 1.8, the elders to be appointed must be those who love what is good. Titus 2.7, to Titus himself, you, Titus, be an example to the young men by doing what is good. Chapter 2.14, speaking of Jesus, he came to bring us out of wickedness and, wickedness and to purify himself a people that are his very own, eager to do that which is good. Titus 3, uh, 1, from our reading, in fact, three of the references to doing good are in chapter 3. Remind the people to be subject to the government, to be ready to do whatever is good. 3, verse 8, this is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to insist on this, that those who believe in God might be careful to devote themselves to doing that which is good, to doing good works. These are good and profitable for everyone. And then in 3.14, our people must learn to de- uh, learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for urgent needs and not live unproductive lives. So there's the truth that transforms, peppered all the way through the book of Titus. The learning is indeed for living. And I've summarised uh, how we are to live uh, here, uh, as Paul instructs Titus to tell them, under these four ideas... There's a remind, I've got five up there. Remind, remember, rejoice, refute and rethink. There you go, that was the first little error in my talk. Spot the error in the talk. This is what happens when you come up with a new idea during the night and go, oh, I'll put that in. Firstly, remind. Remind the people, verse 1, to do good. In huge contrast to to the people of Crete, who were always liars, evil brutes and lazy gluttons, He says, remind the people, remind the Christians in the church to do good. Firstly, to be transformed and how they live in society, verse 1. To be subject to the government of the day. Now, there's a bit of counterculture for you, isn't it? I mean, of course, we say Jesus is our Lord and King and our allegiance is to him. But God has put our governments in the places that he has, for different reasons, to his reasons, he knows what he's doing and we are, provided that they are not telling us to go against the Lord, our King and Sovereign, we are to submit to them. Even if they're not our choice, even if we don't agree with them, even if we don't think that they're doing a capable or uh, whatever type of job. Uh, We are to live as good citizens within our community and that should stand us out quite as a different Certainly it would have in those days in Crete. Secondly, we have to live transformed lives in our relationships, not slandering anyone, this is from verse 2, and avoid quarrelling and fighting, being kind, gentle, showing true humility to everyone. 
Well, that is a big, uh, uh, that's that's a tall order. Be kind, slander no one, avoid fighting and showing gentleness to all people. I mean, most of us will need a personality transplant at this point, I suspect. But that's what God's on about. He's in the transformation business. He's in the life-changing business. That's what he's on about. And the good news of Jesus does transform us. The learning is for living. We are to live, uh, uh, the New Testament tells us elsewhere, Peter, such good lives among the pagans, around the unbelievers in our society, that that, uh, God willing, they will give glory to God on the day that he visits us, living good lives. Now, I've spoken about this uh, from this uh, pulpit before, how we have a great opportunity as God's people, having been transformed by the grace of God, to show just how, how we live differently in society. And we can do this as we go to cafes or restaurants or do shopping and we're standing in queues and everyone else is getting steamed up and uh, you know cranky and all of that. We can just walk up to the counter and say thank you to the people that, is, that are there. Uh, we, can, we can be honest in our dealings with people. We won't be mouthing off when things don't go right or when getting angry with people when they're they're not as quick as we should expect them to be at this situation or that. And I could go on and on. We just have a great opportunity as God's people to speak the word of Jesus into their lives, them having seen the life of Jesus transform us. And we have a great opportunity to do that. And we do that not because we've got it all together. We don't do that because we think we're perfect or we think we are right and they're wrong. No, we come to society, we come to our friends knowing that we ourselves are sinners, washed, saved by God's grace only. And that's what uh, Paul goes on to to say to Titus, to remember... Uh, asking them not only to remind them to do good in society and relationships but also that they are to remember to remember what they once were to remember that you know they are not perfect I'm not perfect notice how Paul lumps himself into this he says for we too were once foolish disobedient deceived enslaved by various passions And pleasures, living in malice and envy, hating and detesting one another. I mean, that's there's a CV for you. There's a resume for you. eh? Would you put that on your resume? What am I like? Who am I? What was I? Hmm. Now you might think, well, was I really like that before Jesus? Well, this is actually God's diagnosis of it. I mean, you might have lived as I did. I grew up in a Christian family and and I I grew up... pretty well loving Jesus and, and serving him and, and seeking to live for him from a very early age. But actually, this is me. And this is you. This is all of us. This is Paul. Other people may, you know, you may have come from a totally different background, a very hostile uh, background to, to the Lord Jesus. Uh, one, one time, a few years ago now, I was uh, is it another church. A guy phoned up. He wanted to talk to someone. He was a very pushy guy and a very aggressive man and uh, I said to him, I'm not going to have a... I thought to myself, I won't discuss over the phone with him, I'll meet up with him. So I said, look, let's uh, meet up and how about I 
uh, we have lunch together and have a chat about uh, a few things. I want to talk to you about Jesus. That will help put this issue into context with you. And so I started to, I met up with him. He was a big guy. Uh, he was a standover type of fellow, if you know what I mean. He was a, he was a, a brute, really. And, uh, and a, 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 I think he would describe himself also as a thug. That just means you don't want to meet him in a dark alley at night. Anyway, I was sitting across the table with him and I was talking to him about the, the good news of Jesus. How, how, yeah, God is the one who created us. We've ignored his rule. We're out of friendship with him. Uh, we're condemned before him. But Jesus came in great love for us to bring us into God's family so that we could have that relationship that we were created to enjoy restored. And I'm talking to him just a a, a bit slower than that. Uh, uh, And I I wrote a few things down on the napkin and and I was chatting to him. He he looked at me and said, I'm not good enough for any of that. I'm not good enough, he said to me. I've done too much stuff, bad stuff in my life. I am not good enough to be accepted. And I said, none of us are good enough to be accepted. And then I said to him, actually, there's a bit of the Bible that's written for a bloke just like you. He said, oh, really? I said, yeah, yeah, it is. So I said, um, I don't normally do this, but I did have my, Bi- I, I have my Bible with me. I do, I always do have my Bible, but I don't often ask people to read it out. I knew he could read. I said, would you like to read a bit of it? He said, sure. And I opened up to 1 Timothy 1.15. And Paul writes in 1 Timothy 1.15, this is a trustworthy saying that's worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. And then it goes on to say, that Paul says, well, I was once a, a blasphemer, a persecutor and a violent man. Now this guy on the other side of the table, who was reading those words, started to choke up and he started to physically shake. It's never happened before. He said, that's me. I'm a violent man. And he, he, he was. That's me. And I said, well, keep on reading. And then he keeps on reading. Uh, Paul says, I'm a, tr- this is a trustworthy saying. He, uh, Christ Jesus came to save sinners I'm the worst, I was a persecutor uh, but Paul says he saved me the worst of sinners to show his mercy that is God saved me to show his mercy so that those who believe in Jesus would be sure that he can save anyone that's effectively what Timothy, Paul goes on to write to Timothy Paul says I'm the worst of sinners I was this but God saved me to show everybody that Anyone can be saved. If he saved me, he can save you. And so the conversation uh, went, uh, went on. Praise God that fellow did uh, make a profession of faith. It was a precious time. So remember what we once were. As we live good lives in our society, doing good, we don't come at it with looking down our nose at others. We come at doing good, serving God because he saved us, as we'll get on to in a sec. And we are, have to remember that we were just like everyone else. We were sinners. However, there's a perfect balance here. Remember what you were 
but now look at what you are. Look at what God's made you. Sometimes, by the way, in the Bible, we're told to forget what we once were. We forget the past. We look forward ahead. And here we have a perfect balance, do we not, of looking back to seeing, yes, we were once like this, foolish, disobedient, hating and hating one, being hated and hating one another. But, but when the kindness of God our Saviour appeared, he saved us not by works of righteousness that we have done, but according to his mercy. He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. So God saved us not, verse 5, not by works of righteousness that we've done. You get it? He saved us, he rescued us, he brought us from being alienated from him into his family. He brought us from being condemned before him to being welcomed by him. He saved us, not because of righteous things we've done, not because of good deeds that we've pulled out of our hat and go, look at, the, look at what I've done, God. No, no, no. He saved us because of his mercy, not because of any good deeds we've done. I cannot make that, if, I, if you need me to make that clearer to you, see me afterwards. Because most people think that Christianity is all about trying to do good. And this passage here where he talks about doing good three times in this chapter, you could get the wrong idea. It's he saved us, not because of good deeds that we've done, but because of his mercy. And he's done it through his spirit. It's an internal work. There's a washing, there's a cleansing, there's a renewal, there's new life. He poured out his spirit abundantly through Jesus our Saviour so that having been justified, that means declared right before God, justified, declared right before God by his grace, once again, not by our deeds, it's by his mercy, we may become heirs with the hope of eternal life. This has got to be the clearest description of the good news of Jesus that there is in the Bible. And guess who it's given to? It's given to the evil brutes, the lazy gluttons, the always liars people. When I realised that, I thought, wow, isn't God amazing? By their own description, that's what they are. And guess what? The clearest description of God's grace and God's mercy has been given to them. So that Titus would be able to go, Hey, church, you've come from a society that's evil, brutes, lazy, gluttons, always lies. This is, this is the grace. Remember what you were? Yeah, we all do that. But hey, look at what God's done. And look at what God is doing. It's a transformation, a transformation of life from the, to the, the clearest message of salvation to the most calloused of people. The most loving message of rescue to the most loveless of people. It's all of God's grace. It's all of God's mercy. And I... I need to say, uh, uh, if you are here or are watching online and you think, I've got too much sin in my life, I've got too much rebellion, I've, I've been too evil, I've been too much of a brute, I've been too whatever, 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 there's grace and there's mercy. 
There's forgiveness, there's washing, there's cleansing, there's renewal. And guess what? It's not because you've pulled up your socks. It's because God has reached down in his mercy and offers that to you. This is Christianity. It's not trying to do good to be right with God. It's not climbing the ladder to be accepted. It's trusting in the message of salvation and from that flowing the good deeds. Well, we've uh, had a bit of a look at uh, the, what we were to be reminded of, to do good in society and in our relationships, to be kind, gentle, considerate, uh, to remember what we once were, but to rejoice in what God has made us. And uh, this good news of Jesus that is so clear and so central has to be kept and maintained. And so Paul says to Titus to avoid foolish debates that will take you away from the good news of Jesus. These genealogies and uh, genealogies and uh, quarrels and disputes about the law, they're unprofitable, they're worthless. They're going to take you away from Jesus. They're going to take you away from the central message of God's grace. So, reject a divisive person after a first and second warning, for you know that such a person has gone astray and is sinning, he is self-condemned. There are always going to be people in the church that for whatever reason will try to show off their own brain power or their own pride in one way or another by, by showing, yeah, look, look, I know this, I have this little insight here. Do you realise that this is so important over here? And they may be speaking about issues on which the Bible is totally silent or on which the, there are disputable matters or matters that are not clear in the Bible. But they'll make a big deal of it and they'll cause division. And guess what they're doing? They're pointing to their own cleverness rather than the gospel of Jesus. And they'll detract from the good news of Jesus. They'll take people away from the good news of Jesus, either into legalism on the one hand, you've got to do these laws, which was a big issue for them here. You've got to do these laws. It's fine to have Jesus, but you're not saved until you do these laws. They'll take them into legalism on one side or license on the other. Hey, you're saved, so you can live as you please. And Paul says, no, guard that good news of Jesus and refute those, speak against those who will take you away from it. And so there's this refuting that has to happen. Of course it's to be done in kindness. Uh, there is, and, and also um, not off the top of your head, it's got to be thought out. It's got to be, uh, there's a first warning and a discussion with that person. If we wanted to take in I think it's Matthew 18, verse 15 onwards. We do it with one-to-one -to, -one to start with and then take somebody else along to talk to that person who's trying to, you know, go off track. Uh, it doesn't mean you throw them out of the church, but it does mean that we speak with them with the prayer that they will come back to their senses and come back to the gospel, come back to the good news of Jesus, come back to the grace of God which transforms us. Because I tell you what, laws and debates about things will not transform you. 
You might have somebody browbeating you to say, oh, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, but it's not the inward renewal of the Holy Spirit. That comes through the grace of God that has appeared. That comes through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So we are to refute those who take you away, take us away from the mercy and grace. And finally, there's a rethink or a relearning that we uh, uh, need to, to do here in Titus chapter 3. Uh, how about we all read this verse together? Sometimes, and I started this off, um, a preacher will say, oh, let's read this together. And like, I don't know, do you want me to read it with you? or do you want... I want you to read this verse uh, with me, verse 14, together. Let our people learn to devote themselves to good works for pressing needs so that they will not be unfruitful. There you go. So Paul is ending up his letter. And he's having one last crack. Uh, in fact, you know, I don't know if you realise as Ian was reading it, you know, it, it, he has started to end his letter up in verse 7, 12, I should say. Uh, yeah, send, uh, as soon as I sent Artemis and he's, he, you know, do everything that you... Yeah, he's sort of ending his letter up and then he can't help himself. In verse 14, he has one last go at it. Let the people, we must learn ourselves to devote ourselves to doing what is good. I mean, sadly... So many people in uh, the church have, have, have pulled apart truth and good deeds as if they were somehow different. And sometimes you'll hear it, uh, you know, oh, this person, you know, they've, this minister, let's say, oh, they really love each other. Well, they don't handle the Bible all that well, but, and they preach from the Sydney Morning Herald, but, you know, um, I'm just joking. Uh, they, yeah, they preach from the Sydney... Well, they preach from the newspaper, let's say. Yeah, they, they, they're, they're not... But they're lovely people, you know, they do good deeds. And then on the other hand, you say, well, this person's real solid on the truth. You know, you can get the Bible when he... I want to listen to him. But, hey, they don't care for each other. They don't care. He doesn't love each other. He doesn't love it, really. You know, you don't get on his bad side. I mean, as if they're two different things. So Paul is hammering away, so the truth that transforms us is the truth. We have to hold to the truth, but there's a transformation of life that must happen, that does happen. And it's interesting that he has these two words, learn and devote. Learn and devote. The Christians in Crete probably did have to learn. From being always you know, evil, lazy brutes, gluttons and so on. They probably did need to learn. And maybe you need to learn how to do good. Because you've always learned a pattern of behaviour that, that is just like reactive. Flying off the handle. Not doing good deeds. Or maybe just living for yourself. Uh, all, all of the time. And this is our natural tendency. This is, this is me. We all have to learn. Learn to do what is good and devote ourselves to doing what is good because the truth that is the truth that transforms doing good good deeds good news leading to good deeds uh, now i when i'm just looking at the time sorry um hopefully i'm not going over time um i when i was asked to come here i was asked to look after christian care now this is ostensibly a group of people that do good, good deeds. Good news, good deeds. It's not just care for care's sake. It's care with the, with the edge 
to help others to follow Jesus through all of life's ups and downs. It's bringing the word of God to bear into each other's lives in and through the easy and the difficult parts of life. It's Christian care. And we do have a Christian care team here at this church. I have not made a lot of that. You might think, well, why haven't you made a lot of it? Do you know why I have not made a lot of it? Because you are all, if you belong to Jesus and belong to Gabby Anglican Church, you are all the Christian care team. Because all of us are too, let's read this together again, let our people learn to devote themselves to good works for pressing needs so that they will not be unfruitful. There's no qualification here. There's no like, oh, oh, Titus, oh, you're the leader. You've got to be the one that champions the good deeds among the people. Make sure that, you know, you set up a committee and make sure that you get meal rosters organised. Make sure you do all of this stuff. No, let our people, let our people devote themselves to doing what is good. Uh, one of our care team members was Judy Neal. She loved the Lord Jesus. She passed away, uh, for those of you who don't know, just, just a couple of weeks ago. The Lord took her home. She was a great example of a transformed life. The truth of God's word had changed her life. Good news, good deeds. And we are to learn to devote ourselves to doing what is good. Uh, and I, I have two jobs, I have three jobs, but let's just talk about two of them. This other one I have is with Vocational Bible College. So I work at a Bible college. I teach and as, as train, assess, so on. We teach people the Bible and theology, like theology, the Bible, and ministry stuff to people who have never been to university. People for whom going to Bible college is just out of, the, out of their scene. Because uh, a lot of people go to Bible college where you learn by reading and writing essays. What we do at Cert 4 Diploma Advanced Diploma level is teach people who learn by discussing and doing rather than reading and writing. We still do a bit of reading and writing, of course, but... Uh, now, one guy that I've been teaching this last uh, semester, his name's Stephen, and he's in, he lives in Melbourne because our training's online. We only have very small classes, so we get to know each other. Stephen ministers amongst street people in Melbourne, people that live on the streets. And guess where Stephen lives? He lives on the streets. And he ministers among the mess of people's lives, which is like sometimes very confronting. But he is there and he cares as much as he can but he shares Jesus with them. 
Good news, good deeds. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing that which is good. The learning is for living. Paul has said this in verse 8 of Titus. This saying is trustworthy. He's saying this to Titus. And I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God might be careful to devote themselves to doing good works. These are good and profitable for everyone. You know, part of me thinks... I'd love people to come and say, I'd like to be on the care team. But really the thing that I would want to happen is for you to see, I am a part of the care team. And praise God in this church, from my observation, and nothing's perfect, of course, but from my observation, the care is high, it's good, I think healthy. But of course we can always continue to do good and to, to grow in that and to continue to learn and to continue to devote ourselves. We will need the Lord's help. I know I do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God of all comfort, please help us in your mission to reach the lost, that we would be reminded to do good in society and in our relationships that we would remember the darkness of once, what we once were and the beauty of who we now are because of Jesus. And may we hold to the good news of Jesus and not get distracted or taken, taken away into other thoughts by debates and arguments. And help us, Lord, to rethink our lives so that those who've put our trust in you might be careful to devote ourselves to doing good deeds, care with an edge, to see others following, growing, trusting Jesus in all of life's ups and downs so that we would lead the profitable life that we've been called to live for your glory. Amen.